ignite your acting career. Welcome, welcome. What's happening? This is Frank Fawcett, also known as Fawcett Media, here with another video. Um, give me one second here. Let me see if I can get and let some people come into the room. Thank you for joining me. If you're watching the replay, thank you for watching. Uh, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Um, yes. Welcome, welcome. Come on in, come on in. Today, we're talking about actor um uh, something near and dear to my heart as many of you might know i'm an actor um and i also have an acting podcast called ignite your acting career available on apple podcast um it's on stitcher it's on soundcloud is on soundcloud still probably not probably not soundcloud old school um but uh, yeah, you can get it wherever you listen to podcasts. And now on Spotify, it actually will be available in this video form. So um, I hope you all will join me and um, actually um, join the conversation as well, because uh, this will be broadcast to my audience, my other audience of many, many people off of the youtube platform and if you want to catch the live shows you know i am coming to you live on youtube as of now so uh go ahead and do that you can also support the show uh that cash app link is at the bottom um i'm going to make sure to put it in the description but the handle is faucet media if you want to support the show and support the work that i'm doing here to bring you the content as i get started here here he is, actor, um, very talented actor, too, uh, I, I, I have to say, gave us a lot of joy in films as, such as, uh, you know, that original Spider-Man franchise, um, Pineapple Express, and um, I think made his biggest mark with The Disaster Artist, uh, where he got nominated for an Academy Award. I think he had maybe been nominated one time before that, but he was on top of the world, A-list as they come. James Franco was uh, arguably one of the rising stars so why, in Hollywood. Why? Sorry about that. Uh, he was one of the rising stars in Hollywood. And um, actually, just recently... Um, in the past few years has been marred in scandal because of some alleged um, sexual impropriety and se sexual misconduct that happened while he was teaching at NYU. Um, he was teaching acting at, at several different schools, actually, but NYU was one of them, which happens to be my alma mater. Shout out. Um, yeah. And so James Franco... It's reported by the Washington Post. James Franco addressed the sexual misconduct allegations. Oh, yeah, he just recently came out in this serious XM interview and addressed the sexual misconduct allegations for the first time in a podcast interview on Thursday, marking the first time the 43-year-old actor has publicly spoken about them in nearly four years. And that's 
crazy. Uh, give me one second. Now I've got connectivity issues. It ain't one thing, it's another. This is why live streamers, you just need to be plugged into the ethernet. Let's see if that works for us. Let's see if that actually made us get back to where we were. Or is the is the stream just uh, choking itself? <laughs> this is live, live, live. Oh, yeah, it looks like I'm still going, still live. Probably interrupted for about a second. Hey, uh, first gen corporate, first gen corporate. Thanks for uh, commenting. What's happening? Happy holidays to you as well. And let me answer your question while I got you here. It says uh, here to support. From what I gather, James Franco seemed to have engaged in improper activities. A course in sex scenes sounds crazy, and dealing with those same students out of class, outside of class, exactly. It was an abuse of power, if anything. And as someone who, like I said, has been a professional in film and TV and theater, um, you can see exactly the problem with trying to put that type of work out and trying to be uh, that type of professor. Because I think he actually did get a professorship. See, that was the thing. Like he became he was such a Hollywood, you know, golden boy that he could pretty much do what he wanted to. And when he wasn't making movies, he's like, okay, I decided to, uh, I decided to jump out and be a little more of a, a renaissance man. So he was writing plays, he was directing, he was teaching. And so all this stuff looked good on, on its face, but really and truly, like, what was his original, what was his original uh, reason for doing this stuff? Was it to uh, perhaps... Uh, have sex with some students at some point, you know, like this is, this is what we got to ask. And, you know, it's unfortunate because you think you want your um, people to have like good intentions, but when stuff like this happens, it's, it's all bad, man. But anyway, uh, back to the story in that silence, in the vacuum of me speaking out. Now my family and friends have had to answer for me. Yeah. A lot of people have taken a lot of heat for this too. Seth Rogen included. I think he made some comments recently kind of kind of talking about how he was an enabler of uh, this activity in any of the sets that he was on. In fact, he wasn't even aware, which is kind of hard to believe. Um, and I don't think that's right. I don't want anybody to have an answer for me. In 2018, shortly after Franco accepted a Golden Globe Award while wearing a pin for Time's Up, which was the irony of ironies. He was out there with the Time's Up pin supporting the Time's Up movement and was one of the biggest uh, low-key, well, I'm not going to say the biggest, obviously there's Harvey Weinstein, but was actually doing the activity that they were protesting. It was the height of irony, but he since had to, um, like I said, disappear, you know, and I think what it is now, he's kind of saying is the coast clear, you know what I mean? Like I said, you know, nobody's perfect, but at the same time, there's no, excuse for uh abuse of power 
sexually, you know, exploitative behavior, as they say. But anyway, um, I'm going to jump into this video and do a little reaction if I can. Um, there's a couple little clips here. Um, I'm not really sh sure about this. Um, I want to give this guy his credit. Um, the podcast he was on um, and why I wonder why he chose this show um, in particular. Just Cagle. Just Cagle. OK, so this is just Cagle on your screen right here. And um, yeah, let me um, let me see what he's up to. I, why did you want to sit down today? Tell me a little bit why? more about that. <clears throat> um, well, in 2018, um, there were some complaints about me and uh, an article about me. And um, at that moment, um, I just thought, I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to be, I'm going to pause. Did not seem like the right time to say anything. Um, there were people that were upset with me and... I needed to listen. Um, there's a um, there's a writer, I, I, uh, Damon Young, and he talked about, you know, when something like this happens, like the natural human instinct is to just make it stop. You just want to get out in front of it and whatever you have to do, apologize, you know, get it. Yeah, people thought it was a little odd that he didn't say anything in response I know, but um, I, I would I would argue to say the media was pretty soft, you know, like in, you know, the attack on him after the allegations kind of surfaced. Uh, I believe it was there's two in particular that are, you know, kind of raising raised the red flag. But uh, first in corporate says, uh, I know in politics, uh, corporate and corporate things, uh, things like this happen. How about Hollywood? It is as is it as crazy as the rumors? Uh, it can be. It can be. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of casting couch activities that went on at one time in Hollywood. I'll say that. And uh, it really it really is um, unfortunate that it hasn't been addressed before now, because like, you know, he's James Franco, right? He was a sex symbol for for all we know, you know, like. That's what we know knew him for. So you would think he wouldn't have these problems, um, but it becomes a conflict of interest when you feel like you can do just about anything. And you know when you put that self that into the designation of power, it's a it's a it's a recipe for disaster. And as an actor, I would say this is another example of what you're not supposed to do when you have. Uh, people you're working with or, you know, women you're working with, you know, like I said, it's that Keanu Reeves rule. People think he's weird for, you know, putting his hands behind his back in every picture. But I mean, you, you have to protect yourself as a man of uh, a certain level, just so there's no, there's no question that there's any impropriety, you know? So anyway, going back into the video, sorry. Done. But <clears throat> what that doesn't do is allow you to do the the work to and and to look at what was underneath like whatever you did even if it was a gaffe or you said something wrong or whatever there's probably an iceberg underneath that of behavior of patterning of just being blind to yourself that isn't going to just be solved overnight so I've just been 
doing a lot of work and I guess I'm pretty confident in saying like it's four years, you know, and um, I was in recovery before, you know, for um, substance. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. He actually has uh, his appearance has changed for sure. And he's, I mean, he's still James Franco, but you, you could tell he's, uh, I, I think it had been reported that he was dealing with alcohol, alcoholism, substance abuse, and sex addiction. You know, that's the that's the trifecta of um, PR nightmare, you know, response. Um, but uh, you could definitely see he's different. I'll just say that. So, you know, the little jokey, 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 kind of persona he had is kind of like muted and it seems like somebody who's in recovery in some way. So, I mean, I'll give him that he's working on himself most likely. And um, there were some issues that I had to deal with that were also related to addiction. And so I've, I've really used my, my recovery background to kind of start examining this and, and changing who I was. All right. That's the first clip. Let's see if we can get to the second one. Um, yeah, I'm going to jump around here. I'm not going to play all of these, but uh, yeah, this is the teaching the sex scenes. thing I did, or one of the stupidest things I did at the school was I called one of my classes, a master class, sex scenes. Great. It was not about sex scenes. I was not teaching people how to do sex scenes or intimate scenes or anything of that nature. It was a provocative title. You know, there's a, there's a show on that was just on called the chair about academia and in it. As an acting teacher, you have a responsibility to your students and it was, and I know it can get rough in acting class. I know, you know, actors are, are trained under sometimes, harsh criticism and um, rough rough care tough love if you will but it's irresponsible and I see he wanted to be provocative I mean as if it wasn't provocative enough that James Franco was teaching your acting class um, to call your class sex scenes is kind of irresponsible but you know, the school allowed him to come in there, and I'm sure they hold some of this liability, too. Um, but it's it's just about ruined his career. So that's that's the unfortunate thing. So and he's admitting to sleeping with students. So, you know, I'll give him credit for, you know, kind of. You know, kind of copping to it, but like I said, it's unfortunate, like the cool. uh teacher female teacher that everybody wants to take her class her she has a class called something like sex and american literature or something like that to be provocative and cool but like they're reading melville you know in the class that's basically what i was doing Mm. it should have been called you know contemporary romance or something like that it was a class where they did scenes about whatever their romances in their you know what they go through as young people so meeting people now i mean i will say that work is important because i think that's one of the most uh under it's it's kind of the intimacy part of acting is a hard thing to teach and it is something that should be done with care 
But when you're out here trying to be provocative, is it going to be that environment or you just making a hookup session? You know what I mean? Like, are you just having all the kids uh, having sex, simulating sex acts? That That's odd. So I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Franco, he wanted to be great. So he probably wants his own acting style, which is why I would think he would start an acting class like this. Um but this unfortunately is going to set him back way back. But um, going forward, people on you know dating apps or breakups or you know just a bad date stuff like that. That's what was being done in that class. It was not sex scenes. When okay. when the so law wasn't was sex filed, scenes. The the plaintiffs' attorneys said this is this is this is their assessment of what happened. He was looking to create a pipeline, James Franco, was looking to create a pipeline of young women who would be subjected to his personal and professional sexual exploitation. And that's that's the danger of this, is that it seems like he went to target a certain age group, you know, and that's, you know, that's, you can't do that. You cannot do that at all. So went to college to do this you know he likes college girls yeah these things need to be talked about but i don't feel like they are enough and um unfortunately this is what happens and this is a very public thing that's being also brushed under because i i really haven't seen it on the news like that uh maybe it has hit the news by uh and was trending yesterday for sure but yeah this is it's not good in the name of education. That's obviously very different than what you just told me, but how, why would someone have at least that perception and why would they accuse you of that? Look, I'll admit I did sleep with students. I didn't sleep with anybody in that particular class. Well, there you go. But over the course of my teaching, I did sleep with students and that was wrong. Um, but like I said, I, it's not why I started the school. And just to shoot them some bail, there are teachers that do sleep with students. Apparently, you know, it's a consenting adult if, as long as they're over 18, but it's bad form. It really is. It really is bad form. So Yeah. It's like, yeah, you could go out to any club as James Franco and go get another woman. You you just had to sleep with your students. So that 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 just kind of kind of proves intent in some ways, unfortunately. And I I didn't I wasn't the person that selected the people to be in the class. So it wasn't a master plan on my my part. And mind you, he's also getting criticism for this interview, not really copying to everything that was done i'm gonna go into it pretty soon let me see actually um i think it was in this yeah this page six not the greatest source in the world but they came up with um some some quotes from actual alleged victims um yeah james franco franco the accusers claim 
he downplayed misconduct in a recent interview. Two women who accused James Franco of sexual misconduct slammed the actor for continuing to ignore their pain. Um, Franco, uh, after he said he was wrong to sleep with students in his acting class, Sarah Tither Kaplan and Tony Gall, who reached a $2 million settlement. That's the other thing that came out about this. I think it's another reason he's out here is because he reached a settlement for $2 million. So, you know, he wanted it to go away. But unfortunately, this is going to stick with him. This is going to be part of his legacy now. Um, yeah, over his alleged inappropriate behavior in 2020. So this is just the most recent one. In 2020, uh, bashed the actor for his Wednesday Sirius XM interview where he talked about the struggles with sex addiction, addiction and consensual liaisons with his students. In addition to being blind about power dynamics, something I mentioned earlier, Franco is completely insensitive to and still apparently does not care about the immense pain and suffering he put his victims through with this sham of an acting school. The lawyers for the plaintiffs wrote in a statement. It's unbelievable that even after agreeing to a settlement, he continues to downplay the survivors. Um, he had no business. Um, oh, survivors experiences and ignore their pain, despite acknowledging he had no business starting such a school. OK, this is an independent school um, that he also had in addition to the school he worked with in NYU. Um, nobody should confuse this interview with Franco taking accountability for his actions or expressing remorse over what happened. Uh, Franco 43 started Playhouse West studio an acting school in New York and LA in 2014 before shuttering it three years later amid the accusations. He broke a four year silence about the issues to radio host, Jess Cagle, uh, telling him over the course of my teaching, I did sleep with students and that was wrong. But like I said, it's not why I started the school and I, I didn't, I was the person that selected the people to be in the class. So it wasn't a master plan on my part, but yes, there were certain instances where, you know, I, what I was in a consensual thing with, with a student and I shouldn't have been the freaks and geeks actor turned movie star and director. Yes. Freaks and geeks was the other thing I was trying to remember. Once prolific Oscar nominee has worked less in the years since multiple misconduct allegations were leveled against him uh, as a frequent collaborator shied away from the former Hollywood heartthrob. Uh, Franco was never charged with a sex crime. So that's important as well. Um, you can't just really go around saying the stupidest saying that I he did. was guilty, um, it, even though his victims I have the right to say what they want to say. With. Or his alleged victims have the right to say what they want to say. And he settled. So think what you want to. Um, this was a part here that I thought was interesting. Um, James Franco's agents um, uh, weighed in on how he was pushing himself in that time. And I think this is a lesson in what actors I always talk about. I always talk about what actors uh, need to do um, to avoid feeling like you are not up to the task. Um, and a lot of it has to do with actually having the craft, 
but another part of it is actually taking care of yourself mentally. You know what I mean? Like, I mean that this explains why so many actors are, um, you know, dealing with addiction issues or dealing with, you know, any, any type of situation that might, you know, hinder the work, you know, it's a lot of, different pressures that go on, you know, taking on all these different characters. I, I talk about it all the time that a lot of times people need to decompress from these roles. You know, you can see people living out parts of their characters in their regular life. And I think James Franco actually suffers from this. He became this kind of person that didn't really separate his celebrity away from his real person. So give me one second here. Um, when I hit my wall, this is before the year before the article, when I hit my wall, like I said, I stopped working, I pulled back. And um, my business partner um, thought, okay, maybe we're not going to be producing movies anymore. Also, because I had already had an intervention. Another thing that happened is I had an intervention from one of my agents who said, look, James, you can't, we can't get funding for any more independent films. Like, because that was my recourse. Like if I didn't get the job I wanted from a studio, you know, on a studio project, I'd be like, well, then I'm just going to go do my own. And then I'm going to do five of my own. Right. And that's, that's admirable. That's what we're supposed to be doing as actors. You know, if anything, we can learn from his, his work ethic, but understand that, you know, that work can only take you so far if you've got something else going on. You know what I mean? And so, uh, like I always say, you know, if if you're not getting the opportunities you need, it sounds far fetched. And somebody like him who can get access to funds, you know, what he's thinking is that if I'm not getting the role that I want from Hollywood, I've got to go out and create that. Like I said, uh, it's harder. <laughs> it's harder to be done than it is to be spoken of. You know what I'm saying? I'm actually in that position right now where I'm just always trying to make stuff. The agents is like, it was a true intervention. She's like, look, we can't get any more money because the foreign financiers are like, we don't want any more James Franco movies. We've got four James Franco movies already that we got to sell. Like, we don't want any more. So that source had already dried up. So my producing partner was like, all right, we might not work together anymore, but can we just have a talk? I was like, sure. And I got my brother Dave to come sort of be a witness and so my producing partner had pulled up just the previous five years of, of all the projects that we'd done. And he's like, all right. And then we did this project. And this is where I said, we don't have the money. We should wait. And you said, you know, I don't know if I can swear, but F everyone. Uh, if you don't want to be on board on this, you know, then get the F out and we're going forward. And he's like, and this is where I said we didn't know. And see, he was combative even with his team. Like, I think you start to see like the power dynamics that that kind of are at play in a situation like this. Like James Franco's got everybody fawning over him at all times. So he's cussing people out and telling them what they need to do to keep him busy. 
and they're advising him he's like going flying in the face you know it's it's kind of hard when you get to these leadership positions you got to be able to listen to your advisors like you know and that's what i say it's easier said than done i spoke about this yesterday in the in the kimberly uh the black girl's code story so yeah it's um yeah this is a rough one but uh he says he's a workaholic after having an intervention well, the script needed rewriting and, and you said oh, we're going forward i gotta fill this window and um and then one of the big things was um when my dad died when i was doing uh odds and he's like he didn't say that, but I realized he opened my eyes and it was like, and when we were doing Oz. Yeah, this is interesting. It goes back to some of his trauma and um, stuff he hadn't addressed that ended up showing up again. It's like, if you don't, if you avoid these blocks, they will show up in your life multiple times. That's that's kind of what, how this thing goes. How it plays and by out. the way, when he died, like before he died, um skip ahead a little bit you can check out this whole interview at sirius xm's um uh, uh website let's see here Mm-mm-mm. let's see um i want to skip ahead to this other part here. fall on the floor so that's exactly what it was and in those seven months when i wasn't working i wasn't dating and everything it was like Oh my God, I got to get to know James. And it felt like I was like 13 again, literally like. Yeah, he talks about being socially awkward after being a celebrity. This is all cautionary tale too. We can learn from this as, you know, as our careers progress that like, yeah, you got to, you got to really know yourself when fame is thrown at you. Um. Because a lot of people don't like themselves after that, after they get to that fame. So, yeah, I think that's what James James is talking about here. Let me turn this down. Yeah. God, I got to get to know James. And it felt like I was like 13 again, literally like, oh, my God, I've got the social skills of a 13-year-old. Because, frankly, once I had success, I didn't even know I was doing this really, but... I would use my fame as a, like a, a lure. It was just like, because I was scared to get to know anyone. And so what happened is my social skills just atrophied. Like it was just, those muscles were so weak because I never used them because I was scared. I hid behind the facade of my, my fame. And so now I had, now I wasn't using that anymore. And it was like, oh my God, this scared little kid that's underneath but I'm glad I went through it, you know, like if anything, you know, positive has come out of this. It's like, I have changed. It's given me the incentive to, to do the work to change. I've got it. I'm, you know, I'll, I'll keep working at it for the rest of my life, but like, at least it got me off that path that was never going to end and would probably kill me. I like, I truly believe like if I kept going with my work addiction, I probably would have relapsed on alcohol. I I remember somebody I knew that at that time had gone. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, you can check out the full interview at Sirius XM. Um, but yeah, I, I still want to keep this 
discussion going because I think it's an important one. Um, and unfortunately, it's it's just and maybe that's what attracted me to the story is just dealing with the celebrity um, portion of it because you work hard as as an actor, you work hard to get to this certain level and it's almost, it's almost a higher probability that you'll crash, crash and burn, you know, if you go as hard as possible and ignore all the mental health issues that are happening. Uh, I think a lot of times, a lot of people are not as strong as they think they are. And like, you know, I'll give people credit, you know, everybody, I think um, who's telling the story about Martin when Martin had his moment in the nineties where he, you know, he was saying people were chasing him and he was running down the street, you know, and gave himself a um, heat stroke um, covered in plastic bags. You know what I mean? Like who was talking about, protecting his mental health at this point, you know. Give me one second. It's getting loud out here. I probably would have relapsed on alcohol. I I remember somebody I knew that at that time had gone out after more than a decade. And I had this flash in my But But as I was saying, like, you know, like who is going to look out for your mental well-being in that situation because you it's just like being an athlete uh people have a financial incentive for you to keep working for you to keep being busy and nobody really cares if you know your 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 horse your prize horse is hopped up on steroids they're just gonna run run you in the preakness basically um yeah it's just crazy um, is Nightbot uh, on you, WT Funk? <laughs> Just come on the panel if if Nightbot is not allowing you to comment. I I promise you, I didn't instruct. I'm gonna take that off of here actually because Nightbot is causing problems. But uh, <laughs> I know my bot again is uh, <laughs> what's up, WT Funk? WT Funk's been on the show before, but yeah, um. Yeah, is there anybody taking care of your mental stability once you get into this multi-million dollar earner category for acting? Um, there should be resources for this type of thing. There should be people who it's their job to do this. We got, you know, we got now we've got, you know, pandemic inspectors on set. You know what I mean? Like, but there's no mental wellness people on set. And so often that seems to be the downfall of people who are in this Hollywood game and nobody cares. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, everybody's fighting for relevance. Everybody's doing, I mean, but you know, I, I have personal friends that had to go out of the country to decompress after playing certain roles. You know, you don't just go into the mindset of somebody like that. And, um, just jump back out, you know. Oh, we got a we've got our first uh, commenter, first gen corporate. Hello, hello, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Welcome to the show. What's happening? 
Yeah, so uh, interesting discussion you have in here, Fawcett Media. You know, thank you, I, thank you. I, I, yeah, I work in a corporate space, so I know, you know, the Me Too movement is wreck havoc, you know, in, in the private sector, and you have a whole bunch of prominent um, men, mostly men, and some women who gotten fired over, you know, certain behavior. I'm not sure if you're aware, but the McDonald's oh, yeah. CEO had a clawback over $100 million in compensation because oh. he engaged in a consensual relationship with an employee, which McDonald's? is against... The ex McDonald's CEO. I got you. Yeah, so it's it's against um in, in a contract. Uh, it's like a morality or a morals uh, clause. Yeah, morals yeah. clause or something along those lines. And his contract that McDonald's used to claw back over a hundred million dollars in yep. compensation. Yeah, I can see it. And even his exit package probably was pretty hefty. You know, like yeah, golden <clears throat> parachute, as they say. Exactly. So just hearing about James Frankel's, I know he's not the only one, you know, obviously had you know, Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein's. So right. it makes me think that, you know, it, it's, it's just a great thing that uh, these stories are being revealed because a lot of, you know, disgusting behavior was happening behind the scenes and people try to act like nothing was happening. Yeah, it's um, a cautionary protect- tale, too. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, it's a cautionary tale, too. Like anybody in corporate America or in Hollywood would, would would uh see this as an example of what not to do you know what i mean yeah exactly exactly and and, and particularly how like james he he was vulnerable i give him credit in the clips I, I've, I've seen you play today and how he his uh his public persona didn't necessarily lies to his private persona and since he's been so busy convincing people of his public persona he never really had time to develop him on himself as a man i'm not sure when he got famous I think about um, his early twenties. So he probably yeah, stopped Freaks developing. Yeah, Freaks and Geeks was maybe Freaks and Geeks was late nineties, early. I think 2000s, 98, 99. 2000s, yeah, yeah. So I think he got he got put on pretty early, right, or relatively early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he 20s. probably didn't have time to really work on himself as a man. And I'm sure you can speak right. more of this to yourself, right? Like, it, it, you don't become a man in your early twenties. It's something that you that's ongoing and evolving, and something that you hope to get better each day. And hey, I was an actor in that age age uh, range too. Like, it it's true. It's really true. Like, I'm so much better of an actor now that I've actually lived the life. It's you feel like a fraud when you haven't lived enough. You haven't had enough lived experience to actually inform the work. And I'm sure if you've been famous that whole time, you haven't taken a breath to live a real life. Everybody's treated you as James Franco. So yeah, that's um I, I know where he's coming from in that regard. Yeah, so it was it was, it was illuminating to to hear his perspective because a lot of times in these cases you don't have, you know, the, the perpetrators be so uh I guess vulnerable and honest. And I, I, I can tell that he seemed sincere in what he was saying because you know, it takes a certain level of emotional maturity to first, you know, get to the, the root cause of why he was behaving in this manner. And it's something that we all can be susceptible to. I think he was definitely, um, he was remorseful for getting caught in this situation. You know what I mean? That's what it seemed like. Because um, I, I I, wonder if if none of this had happened, would it still be going on? You know what I mean? Like, he seems sorry now, let's just say. Which I yeah. guess is progress. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's true for everybody. Right? Once they get caught, you know, once they get caught, you got you got you got the the, the participant of people who who don't uh, try to change anything. You got those who go on this apology tour, which is what he's doing. You got others who just 
in the in the void. I don't know what they're doing. Well, he so did four years though. He he kind of disappeared for four years, then he's coming out now. <laughs> like so that's also kind of like it's like, all right, yeah, you could have talked about this a long time ago if 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 you know, if it was all good. But yeah, for, he paid what, two what million dollars too. Two million dollars. Oh yeah, that's something yeah. That's not gonna that's not gonna help things any further. But what do They're you think? Still talking. Is- uh, the women are still talking. They still have public Wow. comment so there wasn't a hush hush money it was settlement so that's crazy that that's crazy what do you think is the future as an actor though because you know i'm not sure how prevalent it is in hollywood but there's been an increase in foreign funding yeah so uh, i mean domestically his reputation is kind of in the ruin now so it'll probably be hard for him to get a role in mainstream hollywood but yeah. how, what is his chances of, of you know maintaining the independent route can he go overseas and find work is he like shadow banned in those in those regions too, or just no. you know California? So um, make no mistake about it. When they talk about the international market, that still refers back to the traditional Hollywood system. It's just their audience now is more international. So there is money coming from over there, but that industry has not necessarily taken over the industry he would be concerned with. Can you go over there and make commercials? Absolutely. But his value worldwide is kind of shot right now. So it's not going to be it's not going to be a good situation. Like I said, his best thing is to let it blow over. He can maybe come back and do some some excellent work that might actually do it. You know, you got to do the Kobe Bryant thing and and beat the case on the court. You know, (laughs) like that's the only other way he can rekindle this thing. And obviously he's a director and he can do, you know, several other things he could be a producer potentially um but it's hard he's actually in the same space that kevin spacey's in now um once brilliant actor once you know very influential uh now relegated to almost untouchable you know so i i haven't seen kevin spacey go overseas even though he was in london when all this went down but it's gonna be a rough road for him for sure um, but he might get the the pass, you know what I mean? That's the other thing, you know. <laughs> they might just be like, oh, it's okay, James. You paid $2 million. So, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, th- th- thanks for correcting me on my point. So, I, I must, I retract what I said earlier about the international influence of Hollywood. Thank you for I mean, no, uh, it's, informing me about that. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's still, you know, it's a factor, obviously, you know, but just believe, you know, it's the same people making decisions over there. I mean, they're they're the reason that they said that, you know, certain demographics don't travel overseas. That was an American concept. I mean, if you think about it, like all these demographics love uh, are loved. A black black culture is loved in Asian countries. But for years, they told us it wasn't sellable overseas. And it's just ridiculous. It's a ridiculous concept. Look at the Black Panther. (laughs) Yeah, I think you hit the point earlier, which I think is, is, is interesting, and if we can dwell, you know, deeper into it. When 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 you was dis, dis, discussing um, James Franco, his his career, and I'm trying to think what you said earlier. I think I kind of lost my train of thought. But uh, you see, James Franco, right? He as uh, yeah, he's so, sort of radioactive. Um, you know, I, I got it. I got it. So, like Hollywood, you know, notoriously been plagued by issues like drugs and things like that. You know, you have people doing petty crime, and yeah. those individuals seem to recover in, in their career. I'm yeah, Robert Downey Rob, Jr. Robert Downey Jr. 
Um, who's the who's the, the the woman in Edward the Scissorhands? Like she was in like in death and uh, things like to that. To me, more. To me, more. Um, no, nah, I th- I think it's someone else. It's like she was young when she got into the scene. So I mean, you got those people who who were able to recover their careers, maybe on a limited success like a Mel Gibson. Yeah, but uh, in terms in terms of the Me Too era, I don't know. You know, to to recover his. I mean, I've seen his independent like 127 hours and things like that. So I know he he he's, he is a good actor. Oh, it was but, Winona Ryder. That's who. It was. Yeah, Winona Ryder. Yeah. Um, but for Franco to even get a semblance, I mean, I, I think what you said earlier, he will need to create great work, and I guess yeah. great work will overwrite what he has done. But now, the opportunities was, for him to create great work are very limited. Well, when he did that disaster artist, that was a brilliant idea because that actually made. Um, that was such a, a Oscar worthy performance and just so weird and out there that he like, yeah, it was, it was, it was undeniable. So yeah, he's got to be in that lane, which like I said, he's, he's got four movies that have been shelved just about now, probably more than that at this point. But uh, yeah, he's, he's got a lot of work to do if he does want to come back. I mean, anything's possible, anything's possible. And like, like you said, um, another one, a friend of mine's in a movie with Jeremy Piven right now. Jeremy Piven got accused of some sexual misconduct and it was never proven. Um, and so, but he's actually, you know, I guess his star wasn't strong enough to even have this moment that James Franco was having because his movies have been panned every time and he's doing independent films and they're getting bad reviews and he's doing stand-up comedy, but his career has been ruined. And if he is is can prove that he is not guilty of these things, uh, I think he has a chance at a lawsuit, Jeremy Piven. Um, but you know, it's no telling, you know, because like like you said, I was dealing with this earlier. It's the combination of the sexual impropriety and the power um, that that is leveled. So if you, you're on set having sex with extras or a PA. You know that you're gonna run into problems. You know what I mean at every time. But yeah, Jeremy Jeremy Piven has not been able to beat this so far, and it's uh, yeah, it looks really bad for him. And he was talented, very talented. But well, uh, I have a question. So, what do you think, like a uh, uh, of ethics? I know, I know, in, in other industries, like uh, uh, the legal industry, maybe the medical industry, you know, there, there's ethics and morality class, right? That, that they have to undergo. Is this yes. something similar in the acting industry, where yes. there's like an ethical code of contract you have to sign, or you're you're bound to? At the highest levels in these studio films, yes, absolutely. Um, there's a implied clause, and then a lot of times, uh, most of the time when these uh, big stars are in films, it's, it's sanctioned by the union. So the union has this, another set of rules. So it's, it's multiple layers of, of ethics clause and morality clauses. Um, you can get stuff written into contracts that are, you know, kind of like, you know, if you have contract with Disney, Disney's not going to allow you to do certain things uh, that you might think are cool. You know, some people uh, always complain about the fact that they'll be on a TV show and they'll say, you can't ride a motorcycle or, go surfing or ride a jet ski, you know, like, cause you, your body is basically your, your, your value to this company. So it's in your contract. So yeah, they've got all that stuff written in the clauses. Um, uh, I would say um, most of the independent stuff that you see, like maybe on Amazon or something, they're a lot less regulated and um, 
So like you said, he could do something to Indy, go to Europe and do something. Um, but yeah, is, was that the, I think that was the thrust of your question. Did you have another part to that? Yeah. No, so that, that was it. I was just wondering about, you know, what does Hollywood, are there any opportunities like learning opportunities and development for, for ethics and morality? You know, for, for everyone, for everyone to send a movie, television show, and things like that. And I guess a, a, a second point we can address is, like, the university, are they culpable um, for Frankel's behavior? I, mean, I asked that question, yeah. too. But they apparently should. this happened at his independent school, most of yeah. the claims oh, here. Okay. Um, so maybe he had, you know, because he hand-selected students on the West and East Coast to have this acting class. But I remember he was teaching at NYU, and I don't think any of his – I don't know. I should check it out. But um, if it happened in the university system, then there's a whole other process of, um, I guess, um, rigor and and what they would check. But I think he was probably on his best behavior at the university, if 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 he uh, if he did um, get that opportunity. You know what I mean? Hey, What's hey. up, Sim? See ya. Awesome. See ya. Yeah. What's happening? Uh, I know this came in a while ago, but I wanted to say, what's up? Yeah, man. Who did Franco piss off? Right? It's just speculate here, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not the only actor, actresses who has these claims, right? He's the one who got revealed, but I'm sure there's other people in the shadows. Who did he piss off? No, I, I, think, it, I think it's a matter of timing, actually, because like like he's, I said earlier, he was in the middle of the Me Too movement. And uh, he was actually on the award show wearing a Me Too pin when he was getting accused of um, actually doing some Me Too behavior. So I don't know if he was a uh, I think it was a forced error. Um, and I don't know if it was necessarily a conspiracy to get him out of here at that point because he kind of did it to himself. But, yeah, you're right. There are other people that are in the same you know realm of things but um he got made an example out of so who did he uh, piss off uh, i have no idea uh it's not it's not entertaining speculation right <laughs> for holidays <laughs> but uh how do you feel about his you know his friendship when i heard his comments you know he seemed to be disappointed steph rogan was his close pal for 20 years and now the relationship is severed you think it's a possibility or a reconciliation for the two in the future or is that's um, it? It seems like uh, Seth is taking a hard line on his relationship with James Franco because he's taking a hit uh, from it. You know, he had actually made some comments. Um, he made some comments about um, about his relationship because uh, because you know Seth had to go so hard to be like, I want to save my own career, and and now we were not doing this together. We were not out here. Um, this wasn't our our, our modus operandi. Um, oh, Sim has a question here. It says, uh, isn't James Franco second generation Hollywood? I don't think so, but he does have a brother in the business, Dave Franco. Um, and I wonder what kind of impact he's taken, you know, because, you know, he was always kind of second to to James's uh, leading man. So unfortunately, I don't I don't know if his uh, his train has stopped a little at all. And it looks like he's another brother too, Tom. So, yeah. I don't think his uh, father or mother was in the biz. Uh, you never know, though. You never know. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What were you saying? 
No, also that was it. I was just wanted to hear your thoughts, like that, that friendship, right? Because both of the men oh, yeah. have done well, but yeah. like, it's it's over. Like I kind of feel, you know, it not saying I feel bad for him, but they were like, funny together. Supporting you, yeah. Like nobody's like your best friend is kind of like bye, Felicia. Like dang, I feel. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like if, like I said, if Seth, Seth takes the support publicly, angle. He's going to have to deal with the repercussions as well, and then they're going to start, like you said, looking into his his past or his improprieties to see, because like you said, he's not the only one. So maybe Seth has something to hide, or maybe Seth is, you know, just like I don't want to be bothered. You know, that's unfortunate. Maybe they weren't as good of friends as they they appeared, you know, and and partners, because he said he said also that his um his business partner left him too, um before actually the allegations came out. So you wonder if they knew if there was anything going on. So listen, I'm about to wrap this up. This is actually going up as a podcast too. So um, um, I have your consent first gen to use you as a a guest. Yes, you do. All right. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, But everybody, Hey, thank you for joining me. Um, yeah, this is an interesting one. I'm going to drop you down first, Jen. Thank you for joining me. All right. Happy holidays. All right. Happy holidays to you as well. And happy holidays to everybody out there in this um, in this uh, internet space. Um, yeah. My best wishes to you and yours. Um, make sure you... Um, Get all the presents and uh, <laughs> stuff the stockings tonight for the kids and uh, enjoy yourself. Uh, take some time off and, um, you know, get things, put things in perspective, man, for the holidays. Anyway, um, I'm Frank Fawcett, also known as Fawcett Media. This is the Ignite Your Acting Career podcast. I want to thank you for joining me. Hopefully we've learned something from this. Hopefully... Um, I just wanted to touch on this. I've been trying to get at it for like a day and a half now, and I finally got around to it. And uh, like I said, hopefully somebody can see, you know, paint, just track a path through this and learn the lesson that is involved in it um, or whatever you take from it. Maybe you just gain the knowledge. But as an actor and as an elder statesman, as it were, because <laughs> I've been at this for probably as long as James Franco. Um, and we're roughly around the same age. It's important to impart wisdom. And I like to bring the real of this acting career uh, to, to people, because I feel like people brush over the, the the darkness that can happen in this business. And they brush over the the pitfalls of what happens. But I, I like I like the reality show that is the the full entire life of the actor. Um, although I like to bring more of that out as well, too. Maybe I'll just do some vlogging at some point. But anyway, if you like this video, like, comment, and subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast. Ignite your acting career. We out.